Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, there will be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Hello listeners, my name is Ify and it's my joy to bring the Word of God to you today. My immense gratitude goes to Pastor Joe Ojadi, the set man of this ministry, for this wonderful opportunity to share. So today I'll be sharing a message I've entitled, Our Mandate, Part 1, Our Mandate. And I'm stirred in my heart to challenge you with the three phrases the Lord gave me a couple of months ago. The first is to find your place in destiny. That is to press into the mind of God to know why you're here. The second is to take your place in destiny. That is to occupy till he comes. And the third is to hold your place in destiny. That is to fight the good fight of faith empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit as we fulfill our purpose. You know, in Ephesians 2.10, it tells us that we are God's masterpiece, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each of us, for we are joined to Christ, the Anointed One. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. We were created with divine in intention. And if you don't know what that divine intention is, then I encourage you to see God's face and simply ask Him why you're here. And you know, our agreement with his intention is crucial if we are to live fulfilled lives. God does not force his plan on us. We have a choice whether to align ourselves with his plans and purposes for our lives or not. In whatsoever he has called us to do, we have been given a mandate to go and make disciples of all nations. You know, Jesus, after his death and resurrection, and just before he physically left the earth, gave this mandate to his disciples and by extension to us today. You know, we find this in Matthew 28, and I would like to read from verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all of authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Isn't that exciting? The Lord supernaturally empowers and enables us to make disciples, and we don't have to give in to fear as we represent Him as His witnesses, because He's with us. You know, we don't have to hold the mic or stand on the pulpit to carry out Jesus' mandate. Sometimes we don't even need to speak to bring others to Jesus. Our actions can sometimes speak louder than our words. In Matthew 7 verse 16, it says that we are known by our fruits. That is the way we act. You know, we can be silent witnesses and win people over to the kingdom and also bring them freedom when we live our lives in a way that brings glory to God. In our day-to-day -day lives, we are to extend His kingdom wherever we find ourselves as we walk in the authority we have been given. 
So when he says to occupy till he comes, we have not been left to do so just in our own strength and ability. We find that phrase occupy till I come in Luke 19 verse 13 in the King James Version. And to get the context in which it was said, I would like us to read Luke 19 from verses 11 to 26. And I'll be reading from the NLT. It says, the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and divided among them 10 pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I'm gone. But his disciples hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times your original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You're a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you'll be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times your original amount. Well done, the king said. You'll be governor of over five cities. But the third seven brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you're a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from the servant and give it to the one who has ten pounds. But master, they said, he already has ten pounds. Yes, the king replied, and to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Wow. You see, there was an expectation in those days amongst them that Jesus was going to deliver them from the government of Rome. And this period was close to the Passover season where the Jews were remembering and celebrating the Passover, which marked their deliverance from Egypt as slaves. So this um, annual celebration increased the misery of their bondage to Rome and made them long for a Messiah who would deliver them from the tyrannical rule of the Romans. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts and to correct that notion, told them of the parable of ten pounds. You see here, we see Jesus doing what he always does, which is to shift their attention and our attention today from the worries and cares of life to what really matters, which is the king and his kingdom. You know, we have to seek first his kingdom and every other thing will be added. Advancing God's kingdom in our daily lives should be our priority. And you know, just like it was in this narrative, many of us today are looking for Jesus to come quickly, you know, looking for a way out so that we can escape the hardships and challenges in our world. But in response to their thought about seeking a deliverer who will establish a kingdom, immediately, Jesus tells them the parable of the 10 pounds, which we read earlier on. These verses are very relevant to us today as it was in Jesus' day. You know, Jesus is telling us in this parable that he'll be gone for a period of time before his return as his second coming. And in his physical absence, we are to use the gifts he has given us and occupy till he comes. God is looking for us to be faithful stewards of what he's entrusted to us. 
You know, the word occupy was translated from a Greek word, which means to busy oneself with. That is to trade for the purpose of increasing what we've been given. God's heart for us is to get busy with what we've been given and bring increase to the kingdom. We have all been given different gifts, abilities and favors, and we're going to give an account of how we have stewarded what we have been given. Good stewardship, I tell you, positions us for increase as we see in the parable. It's interesting to know the reward that the nobleman in the parable gave to the two servants who invested their money. The first servant told his master that his pound, which, by the way, is a minor in the Greek and which was equivalent to three months wages, had gained 10 pounds, meaning that he had a tenfold increase. His master was thrilled and the servant's reward in verse 17 was authority over 10 cities. And the second servant gained five pounds. That is a fivefold increase and was rewarded with five cities. You see, these verses right here show us the key to influencing our world. And it starts with answering the question, what has the Lord put in your hands? What are your abilities? What has he called you to do? What are your passions? Are you a chef, a musician, a teacher, a pastor, an engineer, a full-time mom or dad, a nurse, a doctor, a waitress? What doors of opportunities has he opened up for you? How are your gifts and abilities advancing the kingdom of God? How have you still were well, that, you know, the children the Lord has put in your care as a mom, a dad, a grandma, a grandpa, or a caregiver. Are you one to bring hope in the atmosphere in the void of hope, or do you join in the complaints and lamentations? Are you one to procrastinate the use of the abilities the Lord has given you? Remember, we will give an account of our stewardship. You know, we've been given access to the wisdom of God through the Holy Spirit. And you can see that in 1 Corinthians 2 verses 9 to 12. And for the sake of time, we'll read that now. And in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, it says that for our benefit, God made Jesus to be wisdom itself. And he is in us. And we can draw from his wisdom inside us to bring change to our places of assignment. You know, be it our homes or recreational places or our workplaces. We can use all of these abilities and favors on our lives as a platform to influence our world for the king. It's important to remember that it's not about us. It's all about the king and his kingdom. We are here for him and our faithfulness in what he's given us sets us up for growth and increase and a fulfilled life. We can also see that the reward was in proportion to their faithfulness. The first servant gained 10 pounds and was rewarded with 10 10 cities. And the second servant gained five pounds and was rewarded with five cities. So this tells us that the degree of influence we can have over our world increases the more we use our gifts for his glory. The more we step out in faith to bring solutions to our world, the greater our reward and the more we see an increase of the grace of God upon our lives as faithful witnesses. So if we are to arise and fulfill the heart of the Father as stated in Luke 11 verse 4, you know, where we see Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray and he says to pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we are to make that prayer a reality, then it's time for us to remove the distinction we place between the secular and the sacred. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. The Bible makes no distinction between the secular and the sacred. It's not only when we worship him at church or at home and we, that we bring glory to his name. 
in whatsoever we do, while at home, at our workplaces, at the football or soccer field, the ice rink, in the neighborhoods, in whatsoever we do, the end result of our conduct or actions should be aimed at bringing glory and honor to his name and advancing his kingdom. So let us arise and take our place and infiltrate our world with his world. Let us not allow the enemy to occupy the gates with his gatekeepers. You know, the earth does not belong to the devil. It belongs to God. You know, in Psalm 24 verse 1, it tells us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. But he gave man the authority and the dominion to rule the earth, as we see in Genesis 1.28. Unfortunately, man at the time gave that authority to Satan and that is why Jesus had to become a man to redeem us and get back the authority we, relinqu we relinquished. Praise the Lord. So all authority has been given to Jesus as we see in Matthew 28 and he has given us that authority to go and make disciples and to display his goodness, his love and his power in our world. I will conclude this message the next time, but I, I would like to encourage us today to stand for the truth wherever we are and in whatever we do. Step out in faith. Take risks for Him as we advance the kingdom. Be courageous. Share the word when you're able. Pray for the sick if they are willing to receive prayer. You know, our job is to pray in faith and God's job is to answer. You know, be diligent, be kind. Let's show love like Jesus would. Let's live our lives to honor the one to whom we would give account. And if you haven't received the one to whom we'll give account, that is Jesus into your heart and you would like to do so, um, I would invite you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I declare that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead and I ask you for the grace to live for you all the days of my life. Thank you for making me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to God's family. You know, find a Bible-believing church and be a part of God's family. We're not meant to do life alone. You can also contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org and we'll be happy to send you some materials as you begin your walk with the Lord. Remember, we have been sent to represent Him. Make the most of what you've been given and occupy till He comes. Until next time, bye for now. You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries Red Deer. If you'd like more information, you can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org or through our website at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587-377-7747. Four, five. Thank you. Bye for now.